and welcome to Shay Hanny, the podcast featuring women who've made creative career change. In today's episode, I'm talking to Sonia Mallet, a home stylist who's had a number of career pivots during her working life. Sonia, welcome to the Shay Hanny podcast and thank you so much for chatting to me um, today about your career. So can we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no problem. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Hannah, for inviting me to your podcast. Um, So yeah, I'm Sonia, also known as Sonia the Home Stylist. Um, I'm based in a relatively small market town in Beckles, which is in Suffolk. Um, I live with my partner, Darren, and our two beagles, Dizzy and Rascal. Um, And yeah, it's just a beautiful part of the country. We're close to the beach, close to woodlands. So I don't want to give too much away at this point because I'm sure they're going to be part of some of your questions. So, yeah, so that's kind of me. Lovely. Thank you so much. So what was your original career and how did you get into that in the first place? So I've basically been in the sports industry for over 25 years. Um, I did a degree in textiles um, at Bolton Institute um, and from there, when it was kind of like at the final year of being at college, applying for jobs. And it was one of those back then. It was like, oh, we haven't got any experience. It's like, no, because I've been at college for three years. <laughs> it's like, how, how, how do you kind of get that catch 22? And it wasn't, I mean, back then you used to have something called like a sandwich course. I don't know if you do it, if they have it still now where you do like three years studying and a year's kind of work experience. But the course I was on didn't offer that. Um, and then one of the lecturers contacted me and said, oh, Reebok are looking for a year's placement for a product developer. Would you be interested? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes, please. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it was a temporary position, but it was like, even if it's just for 12 months, it gets my foot in the door. It gets an incredible brand on the CV and see, let's see what happens. And basically three years later, I was still there. Um <laughs> pretty much within about four months they kind of said we just see this as a contract that keeps rolling and so yeah that was an an amazing opportunity and basically getting my foot on the ladder as such um from Reebok it was again it was back in the day where you almost had a job for life Mm. which doesn't really happen anymore um obviously I was very young I was very ambitious very career driven But the only opportunity of me kind of climbing the ladder was waiting for someone else to leave. And like I said, back then, people just didn't. So um, a designer that I was working with at Reebok, he left and went to work for the sports company New Balance and essentially approached me and said, I've got an opportunity if you fancy jumping ship um, to come on board as a product developer. So I did, and very, very quickly, things changed and escalated. I mean, I was with the business for seven years. I went in as a product developer for apparel. Um, Then a new manager came on board, and she kind of saw that I had potential and got me involved in what was classed as like product marketing. Um, So I ended up doing product marketing on accessories, on apparel. And then through the seven years, it was kind of another um well it was like the marketing director she wasn't my direct boss but she then saw that I really had a very commercial eye I was very good with putting colors together so she then got me working on footwear 
So I basically have footwear, apparel, and accessories back, background, which is quite unusual because normally someone in the industry that I'm in, you specialize in certain areas. Then from New Balance, I took three years out of the sports industry when I relocated back to East Anglia and worked for the children's footwear company Start Right. Right. Because I'd started to get involved in um, footwear at New Balance, I wanted to learn a little bit more on that because obviously doing a degree in textiles, everything was always very apparel-based. So I did three years working for them, getting a better understanding on how footwear is constructed, um, visiting factories in India. It, it, it was just you know incredible to kind of broaden my horizons as such. And then after that, um, again, another manager from, well, ex-manager from New Balance had um, moved over to the Netherlands and was working at the time for ASICS. And she was kind of like, I've got an opportunity. I'm looking for a category manager. Do you fancy relocating to the Netherlands (laughs) and coming to work? And I was like, yeah, go on then, why not? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's just very random how these things all happen. Um, So, yeah, so I basically... um, Moved out to the Netherlands, was out there for nearly five years and actually worked for ASICS as a company for over 11 years. Um, Started in the Netherlands, worked as a category manager, which was basically heading up the whole apparel function, literally kind of like being my boss's right-hand man, right-hand person. Um, Got involved in like the sourcing of things, literally everything that you can think of. I've done a bit of, apart from design, I've kind of, done everything as such um within like after five well probably about four years in the um what was his sales director for the UK who also used to work at New Balance and I knew him this is the thing in the sports industry <laughs> everybody knows everybody it's a little bit incestuous almost yeah. um he was looking for a new UK specific product manager approached my boss at the time and said I really want Sonia to help the UK um then they approached me and I'm like that's great but how am I meant to do this when I'm in the Netherlands so it was agreed I would kind of flip between the two so I used to go over to the UK sort of once or twice a month and then personal circumstances changed for me and I was ready to basically come back to the UK so it was agreed I'd come back I um worked solely for the UK uh, I was based here in Beckles in Suffolk. Yeah. The UK office was up in Warrington. Used to get up at 20 to 4 every Monday morning, <laughs> uh, drive four, four and a half hours up to Warrington to be in the office for nine. Wow. But the agreement was I was only office based two days a week. So I used to then come back down on a Tuesday and then was allowed to be at home for three days a week. So um, that worked really, really well for me. So when the pandemic hit, remote working was no issue for me because I was kind of already doing it all the time and loved it and couldn't understand why people were struggling so much. I'm like, this is (laughs) But Yeah, not not everybody likes that. So, yeah, in a kind of a snapshot, very long snapshot, that's kind of my career background of uh, what I've done. Thank you. That that was lots of detail. And it's interesting how like one thing just leads to another, isn't it? That's that's such a common thread when I talk to people that you get find yourself in one okay. career and then it's like, oh, and then I went to this place and then I went to this place, um, which sounds like that's exactly how how, how yours happened. Yeah. Um, 
And when and how did you know it was time for you to move on and, and do something different? So during my time at ASICS, it's a huge organisation. When I first started, it was purely very European. Then with lots of very large corporations, you suddenly become global. And once you start going global, you end up losing control of what you can and can't do. And <clears throat> I experienced, I think, maybe three, two or three restructures before I left. And each time it just kind of made you think going, do you know what? This could be me. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate. I was never affected. But people that I worked very closely with were affected. And it was literally, I think, the year before the pandemic, there was quite a large restructure. And I just remember coming home and saying to my partner, Darren, it's like, I'm okay this time round, but it's like, it's just getting a bit too close for comfort. And I'm like, what would I do? Because it's like, I am not at the point where I want to be bouncing back and backwards and forwards down to London on a regular mm. basis. Kind of done with that. Um, being able to have the flexibility that I had in terms of being home-based two days a week, uh, three days a week, only being in office two days a week. My kind of work-life balance was really, really important. And it's yeah. like, you know what, I've done my years of flying around the world, jumping on planes, being in hotels. And I've always had a real love and passion for interiors. And it was like, okay. I'm going to just kind of set up my home interiors business. It was a hobby business as yeah. such, you know. We all do it. Like, oh, just something you tinker around at the weekends and see what happens. So I formally launched it literally just before the pandemic. I was like, okay, that was not necessarily the best time, but it wasn't like I was suddenly wanting to kind of like, right, leave my job and yeah. woof, here we go. Yeah. Um, just kind of found my feet, like got, got my head around Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And I got the odd little project, but nothing too major. Well, then after the pandemic, there was another restructure. And it was like, I've really got to start thinking about stuff now because doing what I'm doing with the home styling is lovely, but it's not going to bring enough of an income. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, do you know what? Why not do consulting? with what I do in the day job, offer it as a freelance surface. So it was, let me think, what year are we? 2023. So it was January, got to work it all back now. January 2022, yeah. I was told about the uh, Seven Ways to Manifest book by Roxy Nafusia. I don't know how you pronounce the name. Uh, Roxy Nafusi. Okay. This orange book. Anyway. Um, and I've always been a bit of a manifester, but didn't realise it had a fancy name. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's for donkeys years. It's yeah. like, I wish I'd known. I jumped on the bandwagon. I could have been a millionaire by now. <laughs> anyway, so um, I've always sort of, well, they call it a vision board. I just wrote everything down rather than putting pictures up. And I remember putting, I wanted to at least like reduce my days of being full-time employed so I could focus on other areas. And it was kind of going through, it was like literally about two weeks to the six month deadline. I was like, okay, I've achieved that. I've done that. I'm doing quite well. And it was like, uh, reduce days, A6, 
not happening. It was like, it's fine. It was ambitious. I will just roll it over to my 12 month vision yeah. board. And it was just like, I just felt I was in control in that if anything was to happen, I had something to fall back on. Yeah. And literally within 48 hours of me going through that checklist, I had an email in my inbox from the, I can't say it was my my boss because he wasn't, but he was like the head of the department yeah. and HR. And it was like, okay, this email is inviting me to a meeting for one or two reasons, either my boss is leaving or they're getting rid of me. Yeah. And it was the latter. It right. was basically, it was, we are parting company. Now, obviously it was a complete shock. Yeah. There was no big restructure. There was no whispers in the corridors or anything like that. It came completely out of the blue. However, it's almost like it was what I'd been dreaming of or hoping for yeah. for so long. So it's quite ironic that in literally 48 hours to like my six months yeah. of hope, wishing for this, it then happened. So after I got past the initial shock, it was like, it's not a bother. I'm in a good place. You know, my home styling is ticking over yeah. quite nicely. Product consultancy is going really, really well. It, I knew what I wanted to do with yes. the consultancy. So it wasn't kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? So it's like, yeah, bring it on. That's amazing. So, so it's almost like, as you say, you'd you'd kind of almost preempted it because you'd seen what had been going on for several years around you. And I suppose it's it, the brain works in a fascinating way, doesn't it? How it kind of is formulating a plan for you before you necessarily even realise and then you were ready when when that that situation came to you and uh that must have been a good I mean yeah, after the shock as you absolutely. say you know big shock to get a, a, an email like that and have that kind of conversation but then also I, I guess that when that moment dropped where you realized that you you had a plan no absolutely and as we go through this podcast lots of very random things happen with me um and I always say to so many it's almost like um it's all or nothing when it comes to me yeah in that you just think oh it will just be gradual and it's like no it's actually like you've gone from I just would like to be um employed a couple of days a week no actually we're gonna just let you go all together um but yeah I've got I've got there's a few more interesting ones that you'll discover (laughs) as we continue with our chat so talk to us a bit about home styling and and what that because some people might not know exactly what that involves and and how did that side of your um, business grow once you'd um you'd sort of started to do that more well I wouldn't say full time because it sounds like you were doing that part of the time and then and you were doing your consultancy part of the time but how how did it grow and and yeah what what is home styling for people that don't know yeah so ultimately home styling is no different to interior design um, I decided to choose the terminology home styling because I wanted it to be that my services are open and available to everybody. And sometimes interior design can have that perception that you have to be wealthy or yeah. only a certain kind of clientele can afford. And I say to all my clients, it doesn't matter whatever your budget is, we can do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of specialize 
I offer four services, but I probably specialise more in two of those four. And that's just based on what people come to me for. So um, my home styling as a category essentially is where I do a lot of uh, colour montages, colour proposals for rooms, which then develop into mood boards. That's probably my biggest, most popular kind yeah. of service that people come to me. I love working with um, colour where if you go like onto my Instagram, it's very visual, it's very aesthetic, because to me, it's like it's my portfolio of yeah. giving you a flavor of what I can offer. Yeah. Um, I then offer a interior, personal interior design service, which is basically getting paid to shop for people. Yeah. Because believe it or not, there are people out there that either don't have the time, don't enjoy shopping, but they still want their home to look beautiful. So uh, they can come to me with either an idea of what they're looking for or I can put a proposal together and I can source all the products they want, whether yeah. it's something you can find in a shop or if it's something that's bespoke. Um, I then offer, <clears throat> excuse me, a home organising service, which is basically where I can go in and I can help people declutter, reorganise, find homes for, you know, unloved or unwanted um, items in their home. Yeah. And then the most recent service that I've added, which has been uh, quite popular, is uh, photo styling. And that all came about from me doing almost like being a photographer's assistant, supporting and helping on the styling side of things. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it and uh, was very, very honoured that back in May, my first major project was to home style a seven bed manor house in Buckinghamshire which was just incredible wow and it's like I feel like I'm absolutely living the dream <laughs> and I'm getting paid for this it's like win-win so yeah that's essentially like the four main things that I offer in the home styling and alongside that so you since you um, were made redundant you then have started consulting um and kind of doing your old job but you're in charge I guess is the is that is that the way it sort of works yes yeah, so with the product consultancy um it's been an interesting one because when I first started I naively thought oh all my contacts in LinkedIn will hear that I've decided to go out on my own and I'll be contacted and they'll be like yeah we can use you here's a project here a project there and I was kind of like oh if I could just say like get two or three days a month to start with that will be perfect and it didn't happen. It right. just was like nobody was interested in taking somebody on on a consultancy basis, which I was really surprised about because it's like there's so many benefits of not having an employed member, you mm. know, team member. You can, you know, contact contact them as and when is needed. You haven't got to worry about all the expense of having someone on the books and everything else. Um, but then what did happen, which was really bizarre, is I had a couple of people reach out to me that were startups, um, no knowledge, no experience at all in the apparel industry, but they wanted to create their own apparel brand. Um, so they were reaching out to me for advice. But on top of that, which was another curveball, they wanted to produce everything in the UK right. and had no experience on UK manufacturing at the time because obviously working for really large sports organisations, everything's done either in Europe or the Far East. Yeah. So it was a really steep learning curve for me 
but I loved it. It was brilliant in that I had to do all the investigating myself, all the research, because again, you go onto LinkedIn, I've got hundreds and hundreds of contacts. Can anybody help with, you know, put me in contact with UK manufacturers and everyone like, no, they just shut down. It's like, no, if you want to find that information out, you've got to do it yourself, yeah. which I did. Yeah. And it was great. So I've I've helped out a number of various startups which has been brilliant from people that wanted to launch their own running collection which is obviously my main background um women's um sort of larger size products yeah men's summer capsule collections just totally different things yeah the only downside with it is which is such a shame is that often people don't realize the investment it's going to cost to develop your own collection we go so far down the line and then when it's like right we now need to get samples into work even though they've been told time and time again what the costs are going to be when it comes to the crunch of having to commit to it they get cold feet so literally we go so far in the process and then they're just oh I just need to have a little bit more of a think and it just sort of drifts away, um, which is a real shame. Um, But then what I have done recently, I've almost like, I've changed the direction of what I'm offering as well. Also due to one of the reasons with the change of what's happened, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, soon in terms of the recent change in my career. Yeah. I'm offering now like a mentor and one-to-one service which is where startups can contact me. We talk about the whole process, literally from the very first idea, defining who the consumer is, what products you want to do, right the way through to when you're launching. I offer like um, a step-by-step guide, which talks through everything. Um, And I've had a couple of mentors um, options since I've launched it. I've only launched it about four weeks ago and it seems to be going really well where people literally will just have like a power hour talk through everything they go away with like little pdf documents they've got something to refer to and they know that I'm on hand if and when they're ready to then take the next the next step so that's working really well that's great so tell us about because you've mentioned a couple of times that that there's something has happened that's kind of changed quite significantly recently so so talk to us about that yeah so I think anybody that is self-employed will know it's extremely difficult. It's really challenging um, getting the work. Uh, you kind of feel like you're continuously hustling, which isn't like a nice thing, but it's like ultimately it's something you have to do. Mm. Um, the not knowing when you, where your next job is coming from, how you're going to pay this month's mortgage, it's just relentless. Um, and I have to say, August was just the most awful month for me. And I think lots of people like August is just horrible mm. um, because everyone goes on holiday. Everyone yeah. shuts down. And I'm like, I don't want to go on holiday in August. I want to go in September when the kids are back at school. <laughs> I mean, I even offered kind of like a, a sort of promotion to say, if you want to use my services, I'll, you know, I've got 10% off for this month. But just no no one's interested at the end of the day because they're all sunning it up, sunning it in the sun, which is fine. Um so I was then okay, I need to sort of like go through my little black book, 
reached out to my contacts. I need to start getting some consultancy work penciled in for September um, until the end of the year. And one uh, company I'd reached out to probably six months prior, they uh, were literally 30 minutes from where I live, which is really, really bizarre. The kind of line of work that I'm in, you don't expect there to be an office almost Mm -hmm. on your doorstep. Um, And we'd had a really good chat six months prior, but they'd already were working with a consultant. So it was like timing wasn't great. And I thought, oh, do I contact them or don't I? And I hummed and hard, and this was on a Friday. Well, Friday evening, I'm on LinkedIn, and this company are advertising for a junior product role. Now, the role was very junior, but it was like, okay, maybe I should be contacting them over the weekend. They're obviously looking for someone, even if I just can help and support on an interim period. Well, Saturday morning, well, very late Friday night, they'd put a senior product position on LinkedIn which I saw first thing Saturday, and I'm like, this has got to be a sign. So I messaged the owner and said, oh, how's everything going? Do you remember me kind of thing? Um, I've seen the job you've been advertising. I think it's worth us having a chat. By lunchtime that Saturday, we had a video call penciled in for Monday. Um, I had the video call Monday with him and his two, two of his senior management team meeting was just going incredible straight after the meeting he sent me um an email saying oh it looks like the stars are aligned possibly for you to be starting your new chapter with us at the beginning of September now I know for some people that's a bit woo woo but for me it's like oh I like how you're thinking especially with the manifesting and everything um he then invited me to the office just up the road on the Thursday job offer was on the table um contract was signed on the Friday and I started 10 days later so um even though at the time I was really concerned because I'd worked so hard setting up my businesses going self-employed and I'm like I don't want to go back full-time employment I don't want to lose my flexibility but with this company they're very young very entrepreneurial um, I was very open that I had my other two businesses yeah. and I said look I've worked too hard in the last 12 to 18 months I don't want to just you know shut them down came back and said we don't expect you to as long as your priority is with the business yeah you're absolutely fine and I mean what well, I'm into coming into week six yeah and it's incredible um it's so refreshing working for such a dynamic completely different organization to like the really large corporate big boys um I I I I finished the week buzzing and I look forward to a Monday whereas before you just get the Sunday blues look tomorrow um it's don't get me wrong it's incredibly hard work because I'm juggling I mean I'm back working nine to five Monday to Friday. I get to work at home two days a week, which yeah. is an absolute godsend. Um, but if I have home silent projects to work on, it goes into the weekend and evenings. Yeah. For my Instagram content or social media content, it's evenings, weekends. Uh, it's not unusual for me to be working till one or two in the morning, getting my Substack posts typed yeah, up ready yeah. for a day or anything like that. Um, but I just wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I've always 
been someone that loves to be super busy and I thrive on you know it's almost like my adrenaline the mm. the energy I get from you know multitasking doing yeah. so many different things um so yeah it's it's really worked out incredibly well but it's like I was saying it's like I'd be I'd manifest that I would like to have a contract you know two or three days a week would yeah. be perfect and it's yeah, you're going to have that, but it's going to be full time and it's going to be permanent, you know, yeah. five days a week or the rest of it. Um, but I have to say the relief of not having to worry yes. how to pay the bills this month, because also my partner's self-employed as well. So when you're okay. both self-employed, yeah. that's a double like a double whammy. Um, I mean, I got my first my first wage essentially a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, oh my god it's my first proper pay packet in over a year and it just felt so good so I kind of feel really privileged I suppose in a way that I've got the security of the full-time work yes but I've still got flexibility and enjoyment of doing what I'm doing even if I am ridiculously busy yeah Um, but I feel like I'm living the best of both worlds and potentially I I guess if if you hadn't a couple of years ago had those feelings of of wanting to try some different things um you may not have found yourself in in this situation because you you might not have been so prepared um when you were made redundant and then to be you know to be thrown into that self employment was probably a bit a bit scary to begin with but you you kind of already got a bit of a plan you were able to try it but then it seems to me like you've been able to reflect on that and work out the path through that that is right for you because I think that's important, isn't it? That there isn't a a one size fits all for um, for people's careers, and we've all got these stories of of going in different directions and trying something and then reflecting on it because it's so much about using um, or, or thinking about what you've done to inform the next step, isn't it? And to and to reflect on that. Yeah and um no absolutely I think I think that's yeah if lots of those things hadn't happened to you you probably wouldn't be in this in this situation now where you feel like you've got a bit of the best of almost the best of both um going on at the moment um I'm so that's so it's so exciting that you I can I can feel the excitement as well um that you have about that your role that you're doing you know it, I, the way you talk about it you can tell that you're sort of buzzing with with excitement about it which is just so nice to uh to hear somebody talking in that way about their job especially when you perhaps weren't feeling like that several years ago in your in your previous job um and thank you were your like along the way with all these changes um did you have support from friends and family or was there anybody who was sort of feeling a bit or or, or, um what's the word anybody who was had some doubts or concerns particularly about maybe going self-employed and how did that work for you yeah I mean I, I suppose I'm incredibly lucky I mean first of all like my partner Darren he is so supportive um and he's very much like we'll work it out it's yeah. like everything will work itself out it's yeah. fine um I think at times he was a little bit because we we've always done kind of tag team so when I've had to work away with work he's been at home for the dogs and then yeah. when he when I'm at home he then works so we've kind of done tag team and then suddenly when I was at home all the time 
And I was like, well, I haven't got any work. And he's like, well, I better go out and get some. And it's like, he was getting ready for early retirement. He's suddenly like, oh, I've got to go back full time now. <laughs> so I think he's quite, quite happy that I'm back yeah. working full time as well. Um, but no, he's always been extremely supportive. You know, when there's been the months where I'm like, I haven't got my share of the bills, he's yeah. covered it. And it's very difficult when you've been financially independent from the age of 16 to then suddenly have to say I need some help is not easy at all um and then I think like particularly other you know family and other friends they always have known I'm extremely driven um I don't think anyone was too concerned or worried it's just like she'll sort it out because I'm not one just to sit and wait for it to come to me. I am literally dropping into people's inboxes, sort of banging on the door in a very nice, polite way. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I think it's almost like um, you're in control of your own destiny, which I know sounds a bit, but it is almost like unless you're going to go out and do it, no one else is going to. Um, And I suppose just with how I've been brought up, from a young age, you want something, you go out and you work hard for it. Nothing has been like given on a plate. Yeah. I mean, I remember like I, I started working at Woolworths on my 15th birthday, yeah. you know, and it was just, <laughs> that was just how it was. And, you know, I used to have loads of little jobs on the side before that. Um, yeah, it, it's just that you, you go out and, yeah, you create your own sort of like, career path I suppose yeah and And hard work and determination yeah definitely and I think often it's that thing of necessity isn't it when you find yourself in a situation where you need to find a way you do find a way I think it's amazing how how you know as humans we we do that but also I think you know with the way you talk about the support of your partner it's that partnership as well isn't it that you know when you're having a tough time he will support you and you would do the same and and that is so important in a relationship as well to have that kind of support and um and I think that always spurs spurs you on doesn't it I I have a very supportive partner and it was similar for me that he was happy to sort of just go well look do what do what feels right for you and and do what you need to do and I think that's that's a really important thing to have that as well Ultimately, though, um, I think your partners always benefit from it as well, because when you're doing a job that you're just doing because you feel you have to to bring, you know, to pay the bills, whatever, you're not happy. Mm. And at the time, you don't realise But it's only when you're out of that situation, do you actually realise how dragged down you'd become? I hadn't realised how unhappy I'd become just from going through you know the day to day and the second that it switched I just felt alive again it was like oh I've I've been suppressed for so many years and it's so sad that you have to go through that stage before you can realize yeah actually this is better so yeah I think he'll say that I'm far a far nicer person to live with now so it's a win-win for him yeah, and, and actually ex- what you've just said resonates so much with me because that's exactly how I felt. It's taken getting out of a um, a particular job just to realise what almost what I was missing out on in, in life. Um, but it is, it's wonderful, isn't it, when you feel like you've reclaimed that and you're back to your oh, definitely. normal self. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a wonderful feeling for sure. Um, my final question 
for you is have you got any advice that you would give to somebody listening who might be considering a career change or perhaps who is thinking about launching their own business yeah basically just do it um I really work on the basis you haven't got anything to lose yes it's scary there's a lot of unknowns but unless you give it a try you're just not going to know and I remember saying like over a year ago well do you know what if this doesn't work out as I want it to or if it's taken a long a lot longer and I've got to get a job at Tesco's that is what I will do there will always be a job that you can do just as a stopgap but I truly believe I very much work on the basis of regret what you've done rather than regret what you haven't done um so yeah, yeah the worst that's going to happen is one of two things either it's not going to work out as you wanted but unless you try, you're not going to know, or it's going to be a success. And if you if you don't just go for it, you're always going to be thinking, oh, but what if, oh, but what if? So yeah, just be brave, go out there, do it. And at the very, very worst, it's going to happen. You're going to be back to where you were before you started. Yeah. So you haven't lost anything. And you know, whatever you do, don't put, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds of investment don't go down that route but literally like for myself with both businesses I have spent minimal amount of money because I didn't have a load of money to put in you know there are always a cheap alternative or cheaper option to do things website launches you don't have to be spending thousands of pounds Mm. there are cheaper alternatives out there you know there's it's incredible what you can actually do yourself yeah if you just look into it and even if it's not perfect to start with just getting your name and your brand out there and the rest will then follow and I remember reading something before um, I launched the home styling it was something like if you behave and tell everybody you're a interior designer home stylist Mm -hmm. photographer whatever you are whether you are or you're not Nobody else knows whether you've got one client or a thousand clients. Mm. Nobody else knows. It's just what you, the perception that you give off. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, it's that believe in it, live it. I know there's a saying and I can't, I can't think of what the quote is, but it's like, you know, what's it? Fake it until you make it. Or there's a, you know, but it's like, just, just go out there and believe in it because you've got nothing to lose at all. Yeah, and it's having that confidence, isn't it? And it's finding that confidence and then going with that confidence and going, this is what I'm doing. And and I think your story is so um, good, a, a, a great story for kind of um, showing that you, you've got to try something because you don't know exactly which way that will work out. You know, for you, perhaps you wouldn't have imagined that you're, you're where you are now if you said that a year ago, but actually your path and your learning curve to sort of, come round to where you are now wouldn't have happened without taking that risk um when you did and I think yeah we none of us can predict the future can we but we can try and carve a path through it that that works for us and makes us happy along the way and um and allows us to do what we love doing and and I think um that's certainly clear from what you've what you've shared today um which is amazing um 
Sonia, thank you so, so much for talking to me today and, and sharing your story um, with, with my listeners. And I'm sure that people will be really inspired um, by your words of wisdom. So thank you very, very much. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you, Hannah, for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. So oh, thank you so much. That was Hannah Ash talking to Sonia Mallet on the Shea Honey podcast. Sonia has a Substack page, soniamallet.substack.com. And you can check out her home styling work on her website and Instagram pages. The links are in the show notes. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to sharing the next one with you very soon.